Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy New Year's Eve. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We are at home today because we're like, we're not coming downtown on New Year's Eve and getting run over by drunk drivers. Then they move the game to noon. We're like, you know what? Let's stay home anyway. And boy, (laughs) the Hawks, that's what they deserved after this one. Hawks Glad lose we did. 4-1 in Columbus, and we're going to get to all of it, of course. Uh, first, want to remind you of a couple things. If you're watching us live on YouTube, thank you. Join us in the chat. Make sure you smash that like button, and you're, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed or following us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that way you uh, automatically get every episode in your feed as soon as it's done. So... Uh, make sure you do that. And what else? I think that's. I think we got everything covered in terms of uh, those things. Oh yeah, we've got our poll going uh, right now on YouTube. Is this the worst loss of the year? Simple yes or no poll. And fellas, uh, I'm feeling a little more fired up about this one than usual. Um, and I, I'm going to give myself one segment to act like games matter. Um, and. Fully acknowledging, you know, this is a tank win, and when the draft lottery rolls around, we'll be happy that this game was a loss. But uh, th- this 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 game pissed me off a lot because the Blackhawks had zero interest in playing this game. They had th- th- none. They had uh, no urgency to their game at all. Uh, they gave up a shorthanded goal, uh, a shorthanded goal on the lack of focus play by Jonathan Taves. So you can't blame that on kids or talent. Um, it was just a whole lot of 60, 70% effort all night long. This is a team in Columbus who's lost seven in a row. They've lost 200-something man games to injuries. They were primed for a beating. They were primed to lose. And Hawks came out and just they, they just want to get to the reservations. They want to get on the plane. They want to get home. And they want to go do whatever they're going to do for New Year's Eve. And frankly, as a Hawks fan, you should be kind of pissed about this performance. We've said game after game after game. You know what? They're trying hard. They're competing. They just don't have the talent. That's the story most nights. This was not the case. They were not out-talented. They were not outmatched. They were not out-coached. They were out-efforted. And to me, that's inexcusable. And yeah, I know that the losses start to pile up and they start to hurt and it really, really sucks. The team you're playing against that you just lost 4-1 to to has lost seven games in a row. They don't have an excuse. They came out ready to play. They outshot you 38-27. to they kicked your ass for 60 minutes and everyone in that locker room, with the exception of maybe Alex Stalock and Isaac Phillips should be uh, pretty effing embarrassed about that performance. It was absolutely brutal. I mean, look, they started this game with the lead. Like you thought it was going to be, Hey, we remember that game right before Christmas that, and how good it felt to actually beat a team that you probably are pretty close to. It felt like that was going to be the the direction the game was going to go, but then you know you give up uh, you give up the the tying goal with less than two minutes to go in the in the first period, and then you give up the extra three one you know insurance goal with three seconds left to go in the second period. So you head into both intermissions feeling ugh like 
you know, you don't, you don't have the good feeling of, of going into an intermission feeling like, you know, you have control of the game. So it's just, the start was good. I don't think that they were able to recover from it. And this isn't a team that can really play from behind too often uh, with, with success. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm upset that we had to sit through that effort uh, as, as fans and as viewers and uh, fanalists of the Blackhawks that we are. Um, I'm so thankful that the game was moved up to noon. I would not have liked to have uh, gotten into the meat of my new year's Eve uh, and then had to sit down at six o'clock and say, all right, bring on the Blackhawks. Like that would have really put a damper on my day. At least we can, you know, we can rebound from that and enjoy the, enjoy the new year's Eve evening. Um, I, I, I want to mm, be as fired up and, and pissed off as you, as, as you are Jay. But I mean, look, this, this team sucks. They're the worst in the league. They, uh, 31 teams are better than them, including the blue jackets who, even though they, they suck too, they're better than the Blackhawks. And that was, that was, uh, you know, the effort they have to out effort teams to get wins. They weren't able to do that. So they weren't going to get a win tonight or today. Um, so it's, it's disappointing that that is the, that, that is the effort to close the, the road trip to close the year. And, uh, for that to be the effort on day one of back-to-back games tomorrow, tomorrow night is going to be, uh, going to be very interesting against another poor team in, in the San Jose sharks that keep flirting with the tank standings. Yeah. I'm not <clears throat> upset or disappointed. Like it's not like I'm, I'm not, I, I don't stake many emotions on Blackhawks wins or losses these years, these days, but you know, the, the effort level was disappointing. Uh, I'm most disappointed or up. The only thing I'm upset about is they scored first and ruined our almost for sure bet every game. Like <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to crap the bed and lose four to one, don't score first, <laughs> score second. That's what you do all year. So, I mean, it's disappointing, but we've been wondering when this type of stuff was going to happen. Uh, when are like, we, we've applauded this team a lot saying, Hey, they, they are trying to win hockey games. They just don't have the talent to do it. But we've also been wondering like, Hey, how tough is it going to be to get these guys ready to play for a game at noon when you've won one game in a month. And, you know, <clears throat> we've been worrying about that. And now we're seeing that. And, and, and Michael asked in the question, uh, early in the chat, something about when does it come down to coaching? They're responsible for getting ready. There's nothing coaching. Yeah, it, like I don't know. You can't you can't really hang anything on. If this was Colleton, you'd be all over him. We would jump all over Colleton because that team never looked organized once under Jeremy Colleton. Right? They 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 didn't. They, it wasn't like just because we we didn't just jump on them just because they weren't. They didn't give out the effort. They didn't. They looked unprepared, completely unprepared. Like they lack, had never played hockey before. There was no system at all. Lack of yeah. a, lack of adjustments as well. Yeah, that's on coaching. You know, a team that's not ready to play. You know, the Hawks. I'm were looked prepared. They looked like they knew. You know, they know what they're supposed to do out there. Luke Richardson is one of the most detailed head coaches I've ever been around. It just at at, at some point. You know, yeah, you can say the coach's job to get them ready. Sure, you're not you're not wrong, but the players have got to wear this this L right now. They didn't put in the work today. They've put in the work on a lot of four one losses already this year. They didn't put in the work today, and I don't know what Luke Richardson's supposed to do if guys come to the rink not giving a shit. And that's what we saw today. Well. I agree with you mostly. I, I do think that there are a few coaching things that I that I take issue with here. Uh, there's no reason Boris Kachuk should be playing in this game. I know Kara and I know Entwistle are are banged up. There has to be some sort of message sent when guys have a game like like he had the last game, and there's there hasn't been right. Uh, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane are showing uh, really nothing the entire game. So, you know, at the end of the second period, they're put together on a line with with uh, Max Domi. Yes, I know you're trying to get things going, but it, it's just it's really it's really frustrating. And, and and Ian Mitchell continues to sit. Why? So we can get another look at Caleb Jones and Jack Johnson. 
Like at some point, there's got to be some accountability here. And I'm not saying to bench Taves or Kane. That's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. Of course not, right? That, that will never happen, and it shouldn't. But it's just there has to be some sort of consequence for these things. And I know that Luke is trying to keep the players. I don't. I don't know if happy is the right word, but you know, feeling trusted, feeling like. They're in control. Like he has said over and over again, deferring like, Hey, we, I want to stay out of the way and I want these players to uh, handle these things themselves. And I want the leaders of this team to step up. And then when I'm, if I have to jump in there, I will, but I would prefer these guys are all professionals. A lot of these guys are veterans. You've got Taves, Kane, Seth Jones, Jack Johnson, Jake McCabe, Tyler Johnson, guys that have won before guys who know what it means to have success in this league that should be capable of leading this team. Instead, you're seeing a bunch of guys, uh, the guys I just named, having bad games and being some of the culprits in these losses. Seth Jones had two pretty bad period uh, p- penalties in the first period, right? Like It's just it's when the guys you're counting on to pull you out of this are the ones dragging you down. That's a problem, and I think that's when, and maybe it happens today after the game, Maybe he waits till after the San Jose game when they get back to practice, whatever. But now might be the time for Luke to get in there and be like, hey, this is unacceptable, right? I, I gave you guys the benefit of the doubt. I, I'm letting you police things on your own. Great. But guess what? It hasn't it hasn't worked, and you cannot come into this game today and play the way the Hawks played. I know. Tank win, great. The the goal is counter Bedard, and this goes a long way towards that, right? But it's just we got to look at each game as its own thing every now and again, and I don't know. I maybe I'm maybe I'm just in a shitty mood today. I don't know, but I, I I'm I'm kind of livid about the way this game went. It's inexcusable. It, it's it's one that this team should be chomping at the bit to play. You just beat the crap out of these guys, you know, right before Christmas, and now you come in here and you just get bent over a barrel for sixty minutes. Like have some pride, and it's the guys who. Are gonna have some of the guys that are gonna have statues and banners in this building uh, that that let you down the most today, and that's that's real frustrating. Okay, sorry. No, no, I agree with the I agree with the roster stuff. Like, yeah, I, there's no way Boris Kachuk plays after that last game. Um, and even, you know, even dress yes. seven defensemen just to send a right. message if 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 Entwistle and Kara can't go. Yeah, uh, yeah, or call get somebody up here or. Or whatever the Ian Mitchell thing I tweeted about during the game. I don't understand this. Like he shouldn't be a seventh defenseman if he's not part of your plans. Which I, it's becoming blatantly obvious that he's not. Yeah. Fine. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I have my concerns if he's going to be a legit NHL defenseman. But if that's what you have and you and you don't, then not playing him at all either here or in Rockford does nothing for everybody. So either play him right. here. Or send him back to Rockford where he's at least helping the organization. He's been one of the best defensemen down in Rockford. Your goal this season is to get Rockford a deep playoff run. He will help that. If you're trying to showcase him to trade him, give him a fresh start, he's not getting showcased sitting in the press box. He better be in the game tomorrow. You cannot roll out the same lineup for three straight games that have scored two goals. You have to make a change. Wanting to lose or not, it doesn't matter. The Ice Hogs play today. They're playing back-to-backs. They played last night. They beat beat the Wolves in a shootout in Rosemont. They're playing in Rockford. Puck's dropping in about an hour. This might not be the most ideal game to bring somebody up and play in their third straight day in the NHL tomorrow. Fine. But, hey, dress seven defensemen. Who cares? It's time. Maybe Ant Whistle's better, and you can get him back in there in Cara and get some different blood in there. But how much different really is that? Swapping Boris Kachuk and, and, and Colin Blackwell – from Mackenzie Entwistle and, and Jujar Carroll, what does that really do for you? Not a whole lot. It doesn't change much. That's the problem here. Like, well, we, we want changes, but what's here in the NHL right now isn't going to make a lick of difference, really. It, it might not in the change. End result. But you're right in that it, it's not going to change the result. But I have faith that Jujar Kara and Mackenzie Entwistle aren't going to do the boneheaded crap that Boris Kachuk has done over the last week. No, I agree. And again, like, yeah, is it going to end in a, is it going to win a game for them? Probably not. But at least there's going to be guys out there playing responsibly, playing for their teammates, you know, not actively hurting the team. 
You know, like we've talked a lot about Entwistle probably more off the air than on this season, to be honest. And, And like, what is this guy? I don't really know. But I know when he's out there, he's working his ass off and he's doing the right things. Whether or not he ever takes that next step and becomes a consistent, like, you know, 30 point guy or something like that, which is probably the ceiling for him remains to be seen. But at least he's out there playing hard and doing the right things. Kachuk is out there throwing the puck away, taking dumbass penalties, trying to fight people at stupid times. It's just, I know it's, I know the main reason is because of the things you said, Greg. Rockford's got back to back games. Ent Whistle and Kara are banged up. Fine. I get that. But man, if I never see number 14 out there again, I'm fine with it. No, until it's being worn by a different player. Yeah. Um, yeah I, but here's the thing your next seven games starting tomorrow at home. Very easy to get guys up from Rockford to play in one of those midweek games and send them back if you have to. Yep, get yep. Josiah Slavin up here. Let him take the Boris Kachuk role. Get <clears throat> Cole Gutman up here for a couple games. Maybe you score more than one goal in a mm. game with Cole Gutman. You know, just mix it up a little bit. Show a that these guys in in the NHL locker room that your roster spot you shouldn't be comfortable. Especially, yes, I know this is a bad team where we've got the least amount of talent in the league, and but when you don't want to put the work in your spot isn't guaranteed and show the guys in Rockford saying, Hey, we're paying attention. We're going to reward you guys. The plan is to keep you there for the season. We get all that, but come on up, play a couple games and take that experience back to Rockford with you. That would, I, you've got seven straight at home. Now is the time to start doing that. And then hopefully in the next few weeks, we start seeing some major roster changes with some trades Maybe a minor trade here or there leading up to the big guns. But, you know, it's just – it's frustrating to watch it. You know what the plan is. I know what the plan is. It's going exceedingly well right now. <laughs> um, and kudos for that. You know, this ends with Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. Then, you know, these rants seem rather pointless. But just, you know, the, the, this team is work hard. That's the That's the, you know, that's the motto. Ready to That's work. That's the hashtag. Ready to work. That wasn't the case today. So yeah. don't say one thing and do something different. Keep on losing. That's fine. But at least show that you that you have, as you said, Jay, a little bit of pride. You're in the NHL. That's not something many people get to do. Don't take it for granted. Go out there and play play like you want to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> I think I just, you know, kind of echo your guys' points that like the the roster changes are not necessarily we're not calling for them because we think it'll it'll drastically change the results we're calling for them because we want to see some accountability for these for these players and and in a, in a tank season you can say well let's just throw out the throw out the lineup what does it matter they lose it's a, it's a tank win whatever like yeah like this was a this was an exceedingly uh successful tank win tonight uh, today i keep doing that god uh tank win today <laughs> Um, to to drop points to the team that's directly in front of you, you know, uh, padding that cushion uh, for last place. But <clears throat> look, like the the the, the roster moves, the, ro- the 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 lineup moves. Uh, Luke Richardson has been very um, he's been very consistent with not necessarily making <laughs> knee jerk reactions or anything like that with, with roster changes, with lineup changes. Um, it's been kind of more, more calculated moves. This is three months now of this, of, of this, this roster, mostly the same, you know, with, with having, <clears throat> you know, Isaac Phillips come up for a few games, uh, you know, at the start of the season, you had Alec Regula in the lineup, Ian Mitchell in and out, um, you know, Lucas Reichel came up for 12 hours. Like there hasn't been that many drastic moves made, but I think, I think now we've, we've, we've seen three months of this team and I, you, you definitely can now identify some of the guys that are, you know, the roster spots should, should be on unstable ground and, and whether it kicks them in the pants and, and they can, you know, react to it in the right way and, and get their, get their game straight or, if it pushes them further to, Hey, maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're not going to be part of this team. Maybe, maybe they do get a seventh round pick for whoever sixth round pick, whatever it is um, because they need a change. Fine. I I, I think there's no reason to wait until March 3rd to make some, to make some roster moves. 
to make some roster changes and and start looking at guys who you want to invest in um, and guys who you want to, you know, get a little something back for them. Yeah, and I, I don't think they're going to make any move that's going to drastically, you know, get them out of the tank standings, right? There, There's no addition no. they're going to make. You know, if they make a trade in season for a significant name, obviously Taves and Kane will probably be closer to deadline so they can drive up the cost or the interest or whatever. But let's say they move Connor Murphy, right? Maybe you get a pick, maybe you get a prospect, maybe you get one of each, fine. Um, but at least it injects some life into it. And, and think about last year, like when they traded for Radish and Kachuk, there was at least that excitement of, all right, here's some new people to watch and evaluate. And they mm-hmm. were showing the, um, before the game today, the, is what is it called? Every shift? Is that what the name of the Blackhawks online uh, documentary is called? Yeah, I think, I think so. It's every, something like that. Every shift or whatever. And they were, t- and they showed a little clip of it. And it was uh, Norm McIver just saying, we're using this year to evaluate the guys that are here that might be part of the core for years to come. We've already determined, you know, some that might be and some that might not be. So, look, I know this is all part of the plan. I know this is exactly how it's supposed to go, but I can't. I have trouble and this is pointing the thumbs at myself. I can't look at these games as like an NHL 23 simulation of a season where the more losses, the better. And every time they lose, we should be happy. There's more to it than that, right? You have players picking up bad habits. You have other teams seeing how this team operates. Like, I don't know. I I just think it's more important than just lose, 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 lose. lose. There's got to be some sign of growth. And there's got to be some sign of, hey, I see what Luke Richardson's doing here. And I'm being clear here. I really like Luke Richardson. I think he's done almost as good of a job as you can with that with the with the cards he's been dealt right like this team is this roster is trash it is what it is uh but to me it's like i can't just look at all 82 of these games as well losses are good so there it is i just can't i can't do that i have to spend at least a segment of every show evaluating the game we saw because it does matter even if not all these guys or half these guys or a third of these guys or 10% of these guys are going to be here next year or two years, whatever. I, I just think it matters to the culture. I think it matters to the environment. It affects the people in the organization too, that aren't on the ice. Like all these things matter. It's not a computer simulation. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why I get a little more fired up than just like, Oh, yay. Another tank loss. I, I just got to see more. I got to see more. And, and, and early on it was, you know, just a matter of talent. Lately, it, there's been some some effort things that have been concerning. It is time and effort and money that we and other Blackhawks fans are investing in this team. If you're still doing that, my hat is off to you because they haven't given you anything in return. And that's I, I think Jay, maybe that's probably where some of your frustration is 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 stemming from. That's where some of it is stemming from for me. You know, it's yes, it's it's our job to watch this team and to talk about them and cover them extensively, um, but it's. It's it's time and effort and 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 our GAF meters have to be high every game. Um, so when it's not returned and it doesn't seem like there's changes, that's why it's super frustrating. That's why it's just like okay, we understand the the losses are the objective, but you got to give us throw us a bone once in a while. The ga- the date the the game before Christmas Eve was one of those bones, and I thought today was going to be another one. Uh, and if they both came against Columbus, that's fine. Uh, let them continue to cry about Max Domi's comment that Chicago's a better city than Columbus. Sorry, you you hate hearing the truth, but yeah. like, <laughs> so, so, sorry, you're mad at facts. Yeah, right. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's that's the, the I think that's the biggest frustration is that you know every now and then you want to see the team have a game where you can sit back, enjoy the hockey that you're watching, and not have to qualify it with. Well, they suck, but it's for a reason. Like we just want to be like, hey, this team, this team gave us a good, a good game tonight. That's 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 what we want to see every now and then. Yeah. By the way, uh, Paul, I think it's Paul who said I was drinking Coors Light. I'm not. I'm drinking delicious Dr. Brown's uh, diet cream soda. Cream soda. This is my nice. uh, birthday gift for my daughter. Because <laughs> anytime I go to the any Jewish deli, I get as much of this as I can. So I got a case of this for my birthday. So not nice. Coors. Nice. Nothing against Coors, but if I'm drinking, I'm drinking Goose Island. That's just <sighs> Yeah, well, I mean, it is the, the the accountability. I know Luke has talked about it a lot, and 
it's kind of frustrating to see a man that says accountability, accountability, and then not necessarily doing practicing what he preaches. But we don't know, you know, obviously there, there wasn't, there didn't look like there was anybody to put in extra today, which is fine. Okay. But now that we're back home, let's start. Maybe his hands are tied. Maybe he's been screaming, get me Cole Gutman up here. And Kyle Davidson's like, nah, I don't want it. We're going to just roll with these guys. So we don't know if that's a factor in any of this. I'd like to see some different lineup combinations over this homestand. You can get guys in and out. Um, you know, it, it, you, you just gotta. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where you're like, I, I, what 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 can what can we really do to make a, much of a difference? I know we don't want to make a difference, but Cole Gutman and Josiah Slavin playing four or five games in a row. It's not going to hurt the tanking at all. Those guys aren't going to come up here and get us on a no. six-game winning streak, and, and we're going to draft seventh. No, I know. Look, I know. What, I know what people are saying, right? It, it's this is the plan, and and come draft day or or uh, draft lottery day, it's not going to matter. And and yes, I know that's true, but I I just feel there is some value in baby steps happening during the course of the year, and we say it all the time too. Success is not linear. Development is not linear. Luke Richardson's development as a head coach will not be linear. He will be learning lessons on the fly. He's a first-year head coach, and even if this team was stacked with Stanley Cup contenders, there would be lessons that he would be learning as the year goes on. It's kind of a perfect situation. Someone said this the other night about Chris Foster's uh, saying, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for him where interest is at an all-time low, not an all-time low, but a last-decade low. Uh, so he can kind of find his legs while the team gets good. And then when the team's good, he'll be better. Same thing for Luke Richardson, right? He's going to probably, he's on the plane now, probably thinking, all right, that didn't work, right? Going back to the same lineup after a bad loss didn't work. Now what? Now what do we do? Yeah. And we've got to evaluate. Right. And how do I handle this better next time? Look, right. I have no questions about him as a strategic head coach, right? Putting the, the team in good in systems that will, uh, put them in a position to win. Now, whether or not they follow that system remains to be seen. And and he sort of alluded to this earlier in the year saying, like when guys are struggling to score and things are going well, you try to do too much. You lose that simplicity that his system is designed to be. But X's and O's wise, I feel like him and his staff do a pretty decent job. It's up to the players to execute. But it's, yeah. the, it's the roster decisions it's the playing time. It's the line combos. It's how long to stick with a line, when to change up things during a game, when to pull the goalie. Those are the things that he's going to have to learn on the fly here, and what better year to do it than now, I suppose. Absolutely. It's the best year for him to learn his lessons the hard way because wins and losses don't matter. Better better that he learn these lessons now uh, when the losses are kind of, not kind of, but what you want and yeah. as opposed to bring them in for a team that has playoff aspirations and you, you, you fumble a few coaching decisions there and it costs you a playoff spot. So I have no doubt that he's learning on the job too. And he's learning some of these lessons and, you know, in the flow of an NHL season, there's a lot of things that, that are out of a head coach's control. Um, you know, so it, it, he's, I have no doubt he's learning. He's like, he's a, he's one of the smartest hockey coaches I've ever been around. And I, and I don't think, you know, I think he knew somebody asked in the chat earlier, you know, did, did Luke, and do you think Luke knew this roster was, I think it was Paul something about the roster being this bad when he took the job. Yeah. He was told what this was going to be and he knew what it was and he accepted it. And so, you know, as long as he's learning from these mistakes and doesn't repeat them when it really matters, then hopefully in four or five years, we're not even going to remember any game from this season because it doesn't matter anymore because Connor Bedard is a heart trophy candidate and Drew Camezzo is, is, <laughs> is becoming a big goaltender and Kevin Korchinski is making people think about the Norris. Tro like it's not going to matter if this rebuild works right. Yeah, it's true. You're right. You're right. It's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's the fact that, that we have to be here. <laughs> Well, yeah, we, we, it's like, we got to watch every game. And damn it, it's a lot oh. easier to do a show after they win, and just the, the entire tenor of everything is better. But uh, I don't know. I, I just I, it's it's when they're not playing hard and they look checked out that that concerns me. And you know, it's it's a couple guys who I didn't think I would ever see that from. And that's you know, I, I think Taze was terrible today. I think he yep. was terrible. He was bad today. the whole road trip. Whole yeah, road trip, yeah. yeah. 
All, both of them were yeah. bad the whole road trip. It's it's just not. I I, I don't know. I, Kane minus two. He had four shots on goal. Led the team. Uh, him and Connor Murphy had four. Um, Taves had three. One sixty percent of his faceoffs minus two. It's just you know I I you just want these guys to be the ones. And if you read the uh, great thing in the Athletic today, they're going through their NHL like ninety nine list, like the top ninety nine players. And Kane's day was say I think he's forty one, and um, Scott Powers like basically just sat down and watched film with Patrick Kane, like old highlights with DeBrinket and Panarin, and and all it is is Patrick Kane waxing poetic about the past, saying man he <laughs> he, he hopes he can win again, and he misses playing with guys like DeBrinket and Panarin, and and that you know it's just if you read that you really get the vibes that that he's got a foot out the door, and you can't blame him. But while you're here, come on. Well, the way he played the last this road trip makes me think he's got a foot out the door too, and which is surprising because those last two home games, that Nashville and Columbus games, were probably the best two games of his season that he played. Yeah, yeah, he had the he had that monster night in Nashville where he had what seven or eight shots on yep. goal, came close to scoring, didn't. Then he finally had the the three points, the goal against Columbus. Yeah, he did score uh, in the St. Louis game, but that was his only shot on goal the whole night. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so it's. You do read that, and you start thinking, he, you know, eh, well, I mean, but he sees it. What's his future here? I, I don't blame him for batting his eyelashes lovingly at the past right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all are. That's why yeah. Yeah. We keep thinking about That's that all American he's got. The present is awful, and his future <laughs> is probably somewhere Unknown. else. Unknown. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, him and him and Taze, they will, uh, they will meet with management and their agent this month, and – Maybe we'll get some some direction with uh, with both of them. Yeah. Uh, good question from Lebowski5. We're going to get to after we tell our friends about uh, Shady Rays and Athletic Greens. Um, so we'll get to that on the other side. We've still got to do our four stars of the game. Uh, we've still got to do our tank standings and our tank sim. And make mm. sure you vote on our poll. Is this the worst loss of the year? A lot of people mentioning the loss to Dallas and uh, that they were winning and gave up five third period goals. Yeah, that was pretty bad. But I think when you factor bad. in opponent, uh, this one's pretty bad, too. But, yeah, I think that Dallas one still has to be the winner. But we'll update you at the end of the show on those poll results. Yeah, we talk a lot about the Blackhawks future. And hopefully the Blackhawks future is getting so bright that we ex- eventually have to put on a pair of Shady Rays when we when we talk about it. Shady Rays is the official Sunglasses Friends brand of CHGO. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium Polaroids, polarized shades, I hate that word, featuring world-class <laughs> optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. Best part about Shady Rays is they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Doesn't matter how they're broke or lost, they will replace them. If you have a little bit too much fun on New Year's Eve tonight, and you come home and you can't find your sunglasses, well, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair. <laughs> Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I could tell you for being a customer of theirs for a couple of years. They are just as good, if not better, than any of the expensive brands on the market. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order place and have donated over 20 meals to date. They stand behind their product, and they have told us here at CHGO that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the big giant test window at the Shady Rays factory and do whatever it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusive deal for our listeners. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout. And you will receive 50% off two or more pairs at shadyrays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs of awesome Shady Rays for as low as 54 bucks. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at shadyrays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. And hey, if you uh, wake up tomorrow missing your Shady Rays, you can get those replaced. I think if you lose your Shady Rays overnight, 
Uh, you might wake up tomorrow and want to start your day off right. Do that with a nice tall glass of AG1 from Athletic Greens. The formula designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, give you more natural energy, and uh, help you out with those New Year's Day morning uh, feelings. In just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start or end your day the right way. If you have different dietary restrictions, whatever they might be, uh, whether it's gluten-free or dairy-free or keto, paleo, whatever it is, uh, you're able to incorporate AG1 into that diet and you're able to get it into your life no matter how busy you might be because it's just a small once-a-day habit, but it has really big benefits. All right, now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. AG1 does it all. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Since we uh, started the show, a couple of people have mentioned it in the chat, but a little bit of breaking news here from Scott Powers. Arvid Soderbloom is expected to miss two to three weeks with a groin injury. Uh, the Ice Hogs announced. So we knew he was banged up. We didn't know what the uh, specific injury was or the extent. So there you go. Two or three weeks for Arvid Soderbloom, who more than anyone on earth probably needs a break. <laughs> probably. Yeah, well, you do. Yeah. yeah Blackhawks need to work on their groin strength. We got some, yeah, gro we got some groin issues with the goalies here. Yeah. Well, Peter yeah. Mrazek came with uh, four, four bad groins. Yeah, that's but true. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's a that's a position where if you're going to hurt a groin, that's probably the most likely one to do it at. Mm -hmm. uh, but the question I mentioned before the break from Lebowski says, which foundational prospects have a good chance of being on the Hawks next year? And is it a good idea bringing important prospects into the situation? Um, good question. I think first and foremost, Lucas Reichel will be here next year for 82 games. I don't know how you could possibly justify not calling him up next year. Yeah. I mean, there's he, no way he should. He should be up for a good chunk of the uh, back half of this season um, before uh, inevitably going back to Rockford to help them with their late season and, and postseason push. But he should definitely be up for more than uh, a one game instance this season. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's no way he doesn't play all, all next season with this team. And, and to the point of is, you know, putting putting prospects in this situation eventually you have to play your young kids and eventually you know you you're not going to go into the 2024 25 season having never seen lucas reichel in in a long-term nhl position you're not going to bring up uh korchinski or uh del mastro or nazar or uh slagger or any of those any of those guys directly into the 2024-25 season and have a team ready to compete it's they're these young players these young prospects uh regardless of the situation are going to come in and they're going to take some lumps whether it's next year or the year after that so you can't shelter them forever you can continue to to give them opportunities to develop in college in their junior leagues and in, in, in the AHL with the ice hogs, you can keep giving them those opportunities, but eventually they have to stretch their NHL legs. And, and sometimes that's going to come with some, with some hard lessons learned. I mean, look at Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. They were, they were young up and coming prospects that were thrown into some tough situations and they had to learn some tough lessons. Now, did it pan out for them? Yeah, it absolutely did. And they had a team around them that, that could eventually help them. The Blackhawks plan is to do that again. Uh, so when you look at some of these, some of these guys that are going to be coming up, they're all going to kind of have to come together and kind of come up together and kind of learn those lessons together to eventually, once enough pieces of the puzzle are in place, they're going to have a competitive team and they're going to have a young competitive team that can hopefully extend a contention window for another decade or so. Yeah, I agree. Lucas Reichel will, will be in the lineup. I mean, foundational prospects. I'm not sure how many there really are at this point, uh, especially up front that it will be NHL 
ready next year. I think we'll see some of the young defensemen get extended roles here. Isaac Phillips, Isaac Phillips. If you leave him here for the rest of the season, I'm fine with that too. Yep. Um, sure. He's, he's, he does not look out of place at all. He's been really good. Um, but I think next year you'll see, you know, uh, Vlasic and Regula. If we're, if they're still in the organization, they'll probably get their NHL looks because next year is going to be more of a year of, okay, now we could start to look at some more of these younger guys and feel out if they're going to be here for it. There'll be more roster spots for those guys. They're still going to have to bring in some veterans on one-year contracts. They're still going to need next year's version of Max Domi and, and Andreas Othin to see you and Jack Johnson. You're going to need those, but I think you'll be able to bring in more of the younger guys. Um, as far as like cornerstone-type prospects, guys that you can pencil in as being core members of hopefully another good team, most of those guys are still going to be in juniors and in, in college next year. You know, your Frank Nazar is not playing in Chicago next year. Korchinski's probably not playing in Chicago next year. You know, I could see Del Mastro and Nolan Allen sliding in the Rockford and taking the spots of Lassick and Regula and Phillips. You know, let those guys down become the young core in Rockford for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see more younger players. I think next year they'll probably be a little more quick to pull the trigger on call-ups and, and mix things up a little more because I don't think next year's goal is going to be, Hey, let's go for Connor Bedard again. You know, it's, it's going to be a little different. They're, I mean, they're going to, they're going to be a top five pick worthy team again, most likely, but I don't think we're going to be stressing over every victory like we are this year, next year. Yeah. Also, you know, with those guys up, it's going to be a little more interesting to watch too, because there's going to be guys that matter and you're truly evaluating mm-hmm. for like, I, and depending on how you define foundational, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to be the next pillars of the franchise, like Kane and Taze and Keith and Seabrook, but everyone we talk to uh, whose job it is to watch prospects believes that Lucas Reichel is going to be a good player. They're not calling him the next Kane or Taves or Sidney Crosby or anything, but he's going to be a career top six type of guy, maybe an elite third liner on a on a really good cup champion team. But those are the pieces you need. Then when you draft the Korchinskis and hopefully the Bedards or Fantillis or whatever, those guys start to fill in. You've got that foundation there already. That's exactly what happened with the dynasty was you had Keith Seabrook Crawford all in the system playing then Kane and Taves get drafted then a couple other prospects pan out like Dustin Bufflin panned out Dave Bowman panned out Jalmerson uh, Jalmerson you were able to flip uh, t- uh Tuomo for Andrew Ladd that worked out you find Christopher Stieg you make the Patrick Sharp trade happen so there's there's all these different ways to get yourself to that yeah. place again it's not just going to be prospects and it's not just going to be free agents but like you, like we say, like with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, their early years were ugly at the NHL level. They were making mistakes. They looked like they, you, we would look at each other in Section three twenty nine and say, "I don't know if either of these guys can can play." That's normal, right? That's that's how it that's how it's going to look. And I think there is a value to guys coming up and learning at the NHL level. Like I think even if you just look at Isaac Phillips, for example, from his first handful of games to the, his most recent two, you've seen a little bit of a jump, right? And there might be a, a drop coming. You might have a, a tough game, sure. But I think learning at the highest level matters. And, and Greg, I think you're right. I don't think next year's roster is going to look like this one. I don't think it's going to be a bunch of scrap heap veterans uh, looking to be flipped at the playoffs. There will be some, of course. But I do think there will be a lot more kids and prospects here that matter. Um, so yeah. it'll be a little bit easier. I, I certainly hope so because it'll at least give us some something else to watch and talk about. Well, right. I mean, like we said, if Reichel was here, we'd have the Reichel report every night, right? Like it would just be <laughs> part of our coverage is watching these prospects and managers. Aren't many on the team right now that do other foundational guys that could be part of the team next year. Uh, you mentioned Regula Vlasic. That's for sure. Um, who's the other one you mentioned that I'm blanking on? You mentioned other defensemen. It doesn't matter. Potentially Del Mastro. Yeah, Del Mastro too. Like, in again, all three of those guys aren't probably going to pan out to be like great NHL players. But if one or two of them hit, and one or two of your forwards, you know what I mean? It's it's just 
nothing is really concrete right now in terms of anything. The only the only prospect I really have huge hopes for and like really believe is going to be excellent is Korchinski. But even yeah. that isn't you know what I mean? Like even that's unsure. We've seen him we've only seen glimpses. Right. If you want to if you want to put on your pessimistic hat, all these guys could be shit and we could just, you know, be uh living in in NHL hell for 10 years. I hope I serviced all of our all of our naysayers that that love to talk like that. But look, <laughs> there, there's, there's yeah, there's there's guys that that could come up and you know not every not every prospect is going to hit their ceiling. If some if some scratch their ceiling, that's good. If some blow through their ceiling, great. Some of them are never going to reach it. I, that's just that's just the reality of it. If if a, if guys like Korchinski and Nazar and Renzel, the three first round picks from this past draft class, if they all scratch or hit their ceiling, oof, that's that's a great start. If Del Mastro turns into a solid top four defenseman, if if Alex Vlasic can be a, a solid defenseman, if Alec Regula can be a solid defenseman, that's a lot of size in your in your defensive core. That's uh, along with Isaac Phillips, he's in the same boat. And I, I think that's a that's a good foundation where the Blackhawks can start with some of these young guys. Some of these young players too might develop well and just through the draft or, or free agency or trades or whatever it is, some of these young prospects might develop well, but be surpassed by other prospects as they, as they come up or other, uh, other players as, as they come up, like, look, like Lucas Reichel, this, this, this off season before the draft was the Blackhawks best prospect. When the draft was over, he was number three. Like that's just that's just how it works. Like like guys are going to come in uh, and 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 take the spots of some of these guys. So they might end up panning out to be pretty good, but end up being worth maybe a little bit more as you as 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 a contending team potentially trade some of these guys and 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 trades them for for more capital. Like look, there's 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 development in in getting these prospects to be NHL guys and competitive and ready to help the Blackhawks. There's also ways that they can come up and be helpful in the offseason, be helpful at trade deadline, be helpful uh, at the, at the NHL draft or anything like that. Like there's, there's definitely guys that can come up and, and become, become currency uh, in, in a good way. And I think, you know, Kyle Davidson, he's, he's early in his, in his GM life uh, so far from what we've seen you know he he does have a, a a good a good way of kind of flipping things uh, in 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 trades. He he got uh, two first round picks and two NHL players for Brandon Hagel. He turned Alex Nylander into Sam Lafferty. You know he he was able to you know get get something for for Mark Andre get, get a, a second round pick for Mark Andre Fleury. He was able to walk into a draft day on uh, last summer with no first round picks and come away with, with, with three. Did he have to make some tough decisions to do that? Yeah, he did. But I, I think there's, there's ways that these guys can, can come up and, and be managed that eventually pan out to a, a really good contending window. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to require patience. It's going to require a lot of, you know, long-term vision. Um, and there's, there's guys to be excited about. Yeah. Well, here's one more quick point on this topic before we move on to our four stars. There could be some of these young NHL-ready players that aren't even part of the uh, organization yet. Uh, like, I, I, put, I put out a tweet during the game, like, checking in on the Buffalo game, and I'm just like, look at Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck and the type of seasons they're having. They're having monster years. So I know we all love to say, hey, let's get a first-round pick for this guy let's get a put first round pick for this guy at some point we have to start getting top prospects in trade so maybe if Kane and Taves get traded we get another team's top prospect and that's one of the guys that's on next year's roster and competing for a spot so there could be some of these foundational type prospects that won't even be a part of this team until say March 3rd um, you know it, so a lot of unknowns still to go but I think next year is going to be uh, not a lot of wins. It's going to be another crack at the lottery pick, but it will be a much more uh, interesting season, hopefully exciting season. There's going to be more things to be like 
tuning into and getting excited about guys that you could actually attach yourself to as opposed to 18 guys where 16 of them aren't even going to be here next year. Yep. Totally agree with that. All right. We're going to do our four stars of the game right now. We've got 47 likes. Uh, if you want an extra spin at the uh, tank simulator, I need what well, we sent the number. We did 55 yesterday. Let's do 57 today. 10 more likes. Then we'll get a bonus spin. For ben Smith at the tank simulator. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, nice ben to Smith. see uh Blackhawks legend, Steve McCarthy on the blue jackets bench. Um, made most famous for hitting my puck, hitting my wife with a puck uh, moments <laughs> before she had a job interview. When she came out to the edge in Bensonville, he sent one into the crowd. She had a nice bruise on her arm, but she got the job, so it worked out. So there you, there go. you go. Thanks, Steve McCarthy. All right, let's do the four stars of the game. Uh, number three star for Columbus, Johnny Gaudreau. Two assists, uh, four shots on goal. He's got like 27 assists on the year. He's having a good year. Yunus uh, Corposalo, 26 saves on 27 shots. He was excellent in goal for the Blue Jackets. And Gustav Nyquist, two goals on four shots. He is the number one star of the game uh, my name. my four star is isaac phillips i really liked his game today uh the one mistake he made this happened last game too he kind of turned it over at the blue line but got back in the defensive zone and made up for the play uh got in the way took down johnny gaudreau uh and did not draw a penalty or did not take a penalty uh he was great he picked up his first nhl assist today he was a plus one 15 19 of ice time Two block shots. More Isaac Phillips, please. I really liked his game. I thought he's been great, especially over the last two. For no sure. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Andreas Athanasiu as my fourth star of the game. He scored the Hawks' only goal. It was the first one of the game. Uh, thanks in part to Isaac Phillips with a nice keep at the blue line um, and prevented the zone clear. And then Athanasiu had a clear shot. And uh, he banked it in he had two shots on goal he had one hit he had a takeaway and a block shot as well but he was one of the few guys on this team today that you can't say didn't care he was moving his legs he yep. was doing what he does he drew three penalties on his own in the second period all three of those second period power plays were because andreas anthony C was skating hard what did the hawks do with that six minutes of power play time only two shots on goal and gave up for shorthanded goals. So, yeah, they pissed the bed when it came to the power play, but at least Athanasiu was giving you those opportunities to piddle down your leg. <laughs> <laughs> and they took them. Yeah, they absolutely they did. did. Uh, my fourth star of the night uh, was the man between the pipes, uh, Alex Stalock. Uh, a, a solid effort from him. Um, you know, it's he, – he, he waited to the last day of, of 2022 to provide his uh, entry for the save of the year candidate with the, the paddle save he made uh, on, on Johnny Gaudreau, which was, which was great. He was, you know, the reason this game uh, didn't really get out of hand, so to say uh, for, for the Blackhawks. And it's just another a, a solid performance from him. Um, you know, yeah. Like he's not going to get the goal support that, that, you know, most goalies who are putting up nine twenty nine fifteen. 15, uh, save percentages on a, on a nightly basis are usually going to get. So, you know, if he gives up three, three goals on 35 plus shots, whatever, you know, it's, he's not going to get the support for it, but those, those types of efforts um, keep the, keep the, the team in games. And, and that doesn't go for nothing. You know, we, we, we heard it from Taylor Radish after the last game saying that when, when Stalak is, is in the, was, is in the game, in the lineup, playing the way that he has been when he's been healthy, it, it picks up the team having him available in the locker room, picks up the team and they want to go out there and, and play better in front of him because of, you know, what he, what he brings both on and off the ice. And I, I think that's, that's a great thing for this team right now to have at least somebody that can, you know, be in the locker room and say, Hey guys, like I'm doing my part. Like you guys got to pick, pick your, pick your ass up and, and do your own part too. And, Stalock's not uh, doesn't seem like a guy who's going to shy away from having to do that. Um, and the other thing too, with, with him, with, with continuing to put in efforts like this, I didn't think I'd be saying this three months ago, but Alex Stalock might actually be a nice little trade piece at the, at the, at the deadline. If he continues to have an above league average save percentage on this terrible team. Yeah. 
Why? I mean, look, if you're trying to solidify your your goaltending tandem, like heading into the playoffs, I don't think anyone's going to take him on as like their new starter. But no, if you unless don't they're unless, unless the Leafs uh, catastrophize and and lose lose all three of their goalies uh, right before the the playoffs start or anything like that. Yeah, but if you got a if you got a you know maybe a kid as your backup that you're not really sold on, I would feel I wouldn't feel terrible heading into a playoff series with Alex Daylock as my backup. Not with the way he's playing yeah, right now. So could you imagine watching Alex Daylock and the way he plays in a playoff overtime game? Oh, inst- instant cardiac arrest. Holy the crap. Alex Daylock experience. In a, in, a, in a game seven overtime, just not saying he can't win it, but just the way he goes for his adventures, man. I wouldn't want to have a horse in that race. Yeah. I uh, got a question here from Alan in the chat says, do you think the Hawks are even scouting Bedard since it's such a no brainer to take him? If the team has number one, yes, I do think they're scouting Connor Bedard because uh, they're scouting his teammates as well. They're, you know, all eyes on the world junior championships right now. Uh, also, it's not just like, you know, you want to see how Bedard would fit too, right? Like what kind of players would compliment him if they do end up with him. But yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Of course. And, and there's a lot more into scouting a player than to just, you know, just watch watching him, him on the ice is you've, yeah. you've got to learn about him as a person. You talk to him, you talk to his coaches, you talk to his teammate, his family, you put together like a, a, a you know, a profile. Uh, you, you, you got to watch him when he's not on the ice. You know, how does he play when his team's up eight to one or how does his team, how does he play when his team is down eight to one? Is it any different? You know, you got to see those types of things, interactions with teammates, interactions with coaches, all that goes into beyond, you know, you could easily see the, you know, the, the out of this world talent he has, but there's so many little intricacies that goes into coach uh, scouting a young player than just what does he do while he's on the ice? What are the parents like? That's a big factor. That yeah, I mean, I, calling I scouted, coach I, and... I scouted for two years at, at the North for the North American hockey league, the, the junior tier just below the USHL. And there were more than a handful of players. I scratched off my to watch list because their parents were jag offs because I wasn't going to have my name attached to it. Cause chances are if the parents are assholes, there's a really good chance the kid <laughs> is too. All right. The poll results we have so far, is this the worst loss of the season? 42% say yes. 58% say no. Uh, let's get to our tank standings real quick here, and we'll do our tank sim. Stephen, have we reached our uh, have we reached our 57 likes? We did. We did hit it. Nice. Well done. All right, so we'll take two spins at the tank wheel, but first let's see where the Blackhawks fall in the tank standings. And, yep, they've got a four-point cushion uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. They've got 20 points in 35 games. The Ducks with 24 and 37. Columbus, 24 and 35. San Jose 29 and 37 and the Philadelphia Flyers 31 in 36. So the Blackhawks now with a four point lead, I guess that's what you call it <laughs> in the tank standing. So let's, uh, let's pull up the, uh, the old tankathon and uh, let's take a look at what they've got going on and we will give it two spins. This is courtesy of tankathon.com. Uh, so let's go first spin. Steven fire away. There we go. Ooh, Vancouver gets the number one pick. Arizona and Connor, Chicago. Connor gets Bedard gets to play in his hometown, the dream of every hockey player Art. ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the only place that they can play is their hometown. Yeah. So Vancouver, Arizona, and Chicago are the top three. Anaheim and, Cal- and Columbus get the next two. All right, we got to spin it one more time. We can't do that. This sucks. Again, this Again, the Vancouver. Uh, yeah, Vancouver. I'm Columbus, starting Chicago. to think Tankathon has it in for the Hawks. They're always third now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Chicago, Chicago, and Anaheim are consistently jumped when we when we do these these spins. I'm getting suspicious of Tankathon. Hey, that's it. Is just a reminder though of the reality of they could be 0 and 82, and it doesn't guarantee them Connor Bedard. However, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Tankathon is is. Uh, is weighing the the lottery balls the way the NHL might. Yeah, or freezing the envelopes or whatever it is. The other yeah. thing to remember is if the Hawks finish with the worst record, they can't pick worse than three. Right. So that's not factored yeah. in now because we don't know who the worst record will be. So when we spin Tankathon, the worst thing that can happen if the Hawks finish last is third. So keep that in mind as right. the season goes along. All right, we've got to get to our king of the game. So let's do that. Our king of the game sponsored by our friends at DraftKings and who else but Alex Daylock, 34 saves, three goals against a 9-1-9 save percentage. And I think two F-bombs caught by the hot mic 
in this at one? least one yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I i tweeted it during the game uh he is keeping troy murray going during this season because <laughs> nothing delights Troy more than the hot mic catching an F-bomb. And I like that, yeah. that him and Vossers have started acknowledging them now. Like, who do you yeah. think that was directed to? <laughs> uh, clearly someone named Johnny. F you, Johnny, as yeah. he skated by. And Troy yeah. just laughs. Like, good for him. Like, yeah. like why ignore it? Everybody heard it. Why pretend it didn't happen? Yeah, Roll right. with it. It is. Uh, he is. a. Uh, I loved your tweet, Greg, that he is a he is an artist of profanity. Uh, absolutely true. Stole that. That's that's a Christmas storyline. I know he, he talks about the old man. Hey, just the, in case not everybody got it. Did I you watch you the sequel? That. Not yet. I, I enjoyed didn't it. Have a chance to watch it. I won't. I yeah. won't sell anything. But I, I really like. I have it. questions, but uh, yeah, no. The Staylock, uh, the Troy stuff is great. Um, you know, it's uh, gotta take your little entertaining moments as as, as the night goes on, um, and. That was my highlight of the game. We should have given Troy Murray the king of the game for <laughs> he might get king of giggling. the season for not going on the ice and killing everyone. Yeah, G- giggling like a like a twelve year old because somebody dropped an f bomb. I love it. Ho- and hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just five bucks pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get 150 back in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn those small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And right now it is time for the DraftKings pick of the week. Greg? Yeah, well, we're going to get two picks here because I made one bet and then realized that one of the games was be would have already have kicked off by ah. the time we got to this segment of the show. But mm. the original play of the week was taking the two favorites in our college football um, national semifinals tonight. So it's take Michigan giving up the eight and Georgia giving up the five uh, that parlay um, will pay out. What are the total odds here? Uh, plus two sixty four on that one. Not the biggest odds, but you know, it's a, I think it's a fair safe bet. But then once I placed that and I looked at the time and I realized we wouldn't be getting to this after until after that Michigan game started, I gave us a bonus pick and it's concerning the Ohio state Georgia Bulldogs game going on later. Uh, I am taking the parlaying the over at 62 and a half and uh, the over 299.5 yards. So at least 300 yards passing for CJ Stroud. I think Georgia's going to get a, a big lead and Ohio state's going to have to throw the football a lot tonight. So that's how I'm going with that one. Uh, that's plus 200 again, not the greatest odds, but Hey, it's still money back. So yep. we wanted to do a winter classic bet. But we're too far out. There's no lines or anything like that. I think it's because the Penguins are playing tonight or something like that that they can't uh, put anything up there. Mm. So we wanted to do a Winter Classic bet. Maybe we'll still do a fun Winter Classic bet and throw it out there on the CHGO Blackhawks uh, Twitter feed. Yep. Well, we got a we got a show tomorrow night, so we'll. uh, No, that's true. We do. We we throw out a throw out an extra play of the week. Way to ruin my New Year's. Remind me, I have to go to the United States. Or watch this team play the Sharks. Yeah. Oh, hi. It's another. It's another matchup in the Bedard Bowl. It's 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 college bowl season, and the Bedard Bowl yeah. is is always featuring the Blackhawks. Between uh, the Blackhawks and Sharks, and two teams that have to travel to get to Chicago tonight, should be a barn burner. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, speaking of barn burning and uh, energy, the energy of barn burning. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's New Year's Eve. <laughs> Uh, we are brought to you by ComEd and their energy efficiency program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. And then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. 
Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project project cost, uh, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. And if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can call them at 855 855- Four three three two seven zero zero during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email them businessee at comed.com or request an online assessment at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. All right, we're going to wrap the show up. Final poll numbers. Is this the worst loss of the season? 41% of you say yes. 59% of you Say no. So there are your final results. We are back after tomorrow night's game, Blackhawks and Sharks at the United Center. Uh, it is a 6 p.m. puck drop, and we'll be live from our CHGO studio. So make sure you join us there, and hopefully we'll feel a little bit better about the way the game goes, win or lose, after tomorrow night. So for Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. Happy Thanks, to Year, Stephen, everybody. for running the show. Yeah, and Happy New Year. Be safe, everybody. Yes. If you're not sure if you should drive, don't. Call a cab. Call an Uber. Uh, call me. I'll pick you up if you're hey. within a five mile radius of Homewood. <laughs> if you live on my block, I will come get you. Yeah, just be safe. Just be safe. Uh, do the right thing and have fun. And we'll talk to you next year <laughs> on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm the worst. <laughs>